All right, everybody, welcome back to Red's Corner. Today we got a virtual interview with my man, Kean. Kean, go What's ahead up, and reintroduce yourself to everybody. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, guys, um, if you don't remember me from last uh, from the last episode, uh, last time I was here, my name's Kean. Um, we, me and Aiden both graduated in the same class at Prosper. So, you know, we're just handling through this uh, pandemic for a long time, and now we're just back at it again, you know? Yeah, bro. We're, uh, we're virtual this time. You know, we both got a lot of stuff going on that, you know, which remain virtual. Um, keep things the way that we got it. But uh, what have you been working on lately? What, what um, has I just been up to? <laughs> yeah. Um, about me, I just finished my first semester of university. Um, I've been working remotely uh, online and I'm actually going to school at uh, Monash University of Australia in Melbourne. Uh, if you know where that is, it's towards uh, south. And um, I met a lot of new friends and a lot of new connections. And I've been very busy, so my podcast and everything kind of stopped. Didn't get time. But now I'm kind of back into it again. So that's good. That's to hear good. a comeback episode soon. Oh, wow. I got to get back on your show, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Last episode was you. We need to have many, you to come again. How many plays did it get? Oh, God, I can't. I mean, so far in the past few months, it's just been about a thousand. That's it, you know, a thousand plays. Wow! And that's oh. it, you know. Hey, that's a that's a big number. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty stoked to see that. I mean, it's just only been a few months, and then bam, thousand. Yeah, dude. So, but um, so I got a question for you. All right. What's been motivating you lately? Like what? Like what's what's driving you? Any quotes? Like what's been driving you? Well, let's let's be honest here. For for me, when it comes to this whole motivation thing, I I get a little bit egotistical here because I don't like reading motivational quotes. And I don't I don't think I ever does anything. First, let's tell everyone that uh, you kind of got me back on my feet um, when I called you at like <laughs> very late. I was we like, can oh, tell that you know, story if you want. Of course, of course. Um, you know, you kind of helped me out. Um, usually, it's just. Never, I never go online to look at these videos and everything. It's usually the people around me. So, um, I guess you know how I got motivated was through you. Um, you kind of reminded me what I was doing, uh, toward, and it was finals week, so I was very stressed out. So, it's good that you kind of got me back on my feet. Yeah, and I was, I was getting up at like what, like four thirty a.m. Got a call from Kian right as I'm walking down the stairs, pulling an all nighter. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I did pull an all nighter, didn't I? <laughs> and uh, I was going to work out. We talked on the phone for uh, probably, what, like at least two hours. And we just made a plan for you. Exactly. And here's the thing. Um, I mean, I guess the internet is there, you know, to help you out, you know, if you don't know where to go. But I think it really is about the people you're around with. You know, if you make good friends who support you and all that, that's the best motivation you can get. And even mentors or your parents are very important as well. So you know, always seek out for help if you ever need it. Yeah, it's really important to have like, like loyal, close friends that are going to help you no matter what, like whether, like, like whether you want the help or not, whether you like the help or not, like they're there and they're there to support you. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, for those of you wondering, this is how it all started through Aiden. So if you ever need help, go to Aiden. <laughs> all right, perfect. Let's wrap this up. No, I'm just playing around. <laughs> um, so we just started an Instagram account too. That's right. VO2 um, Max Club. V2 
VO2 Max, uh, shout out to a friend of mine, Edgar Martinez. So he kind of came up with this idea. Uh, first, I was just like, hey, let's start a chat because, um, you know, throughout this pandemic, I mean, it's been a long time. Everyone's been at home. Everybody's been stuck. And a lot of us have gone through a sluggish type of routine where it's kind of uh, kept us in an unhealthy state where we're not uh, having that many activities anymore. We're all staying at home. So, you know, some of us here, you know, we both gained weight and, you know, some people got really skinny because they're just not moving. So we just thought, you know, we, even though our bodies are in like our physical states, like in a beginner mode, uh, we do have some experience in, in athletics. So we wanted to create a page where we don't have to depend on trainers or paying for a trainer to help us work out. You know, you can just do it at home. You have everything at home. Yeah. Um, even that with body exercise, cardio, calisthenics is very important. And especially uh, meditation, uh, martial arts, things like this is great ways to kind of engage activity without having to go to the gym, without, you know, having to um, get a trainer. So it's very demotivating once you try it yourself for the first time for fitness or anything like that. But if you kind of keep um, going at it for a few more days or weeks, you kind of like it. And Sometimes you really need it. So my buddy here, Aiden, also is um, you're an experienced um, athlete within cross-country, and we need someone from that division as well uh, <laughs> who can show us how to um, increase our endurance. And you're also building a lot of muscle, isn't that? I yes. saw your post, and I was <laughs> yeah. just like, man, we five, it, it was like five weeks, right? Yeah, five weeks. I went from some skinny dude to like a little pretty – like not big, but like like a, you could tell there was a yeah, difference. Yeah, there's a difference. When I saw that, I was just like, "Oh wow!" So okay, <laughs> I better I better get on this train because I actually I see improvement, not some YouTuber out there, you know. Yeah, bro. So I kind sure. of felt like we should have that on the page, um, so people can lose that feeling as well. Yeah, it's a we're gonna go hard on that account in 2021. And um, my pizza just got here. I'm gonna have you talk for a second while I go grab it. But right. um, I'll keep them going. Just, yeah, you... just talk about. I want to talk about next when the first time that we sparred. Oh yeah. So like maybe right. like start talking about that, and I'll join in when I get back. All right. All right. I'll be right back. All right, guys. So it's intermission right now, and Aiden's gonna go get some pizza. Even though I'm not there to taste the pizza, I can still smell it through uh, the internet. But um. Anyway, um, Aiden, well, we had a training session, uh, first training session, and me and Aiden sparred. And um, I'm I'm somewhat uh, an experienced martial artist in like some type of martial arts within Asian martial arts. But I was teaching Aiden some Western boxing because I've done some of it myself. And we actually sparred. And it was very, very interesting. Um, Aiden's first time sparring, he learned how to punch, jab, um, do a couple hits here and there. And by the time we fought the next round, he started getting better. So it was very interesting. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's crazy. So if you ever want to see any martial art training or anything like that, if you're into boxing, if you're into uh, judo, uh, karate, um, Chinese Kung Fu, you know, you can check it out on the page and everything. And will you look at that? Aiden here has the pizza. And he's 
This pizza is big. All right. I got an extra large pizza. I'm so hungry, dude. 18 hours. I think I lost the audience already right now. <laughs> All right, what did you say? What, what? Well, <laughs> I told them so far that you've gotten a bit better every round we went. Um, you started learning how to spar. Um, my first training session. Yeah, let me let me talk about that first round though. So Kian, he's like he's like punch me. I was like what? He's like just go and try and punch me real quick. It's like why, dude? I don't, I don't. I was like I don't want to hurt you. You know me being an egotistical and all that. I was like I've been boxing, bro. Like are you sure? And I go in for the punch, and then Kian just Bruce Lee's the shit out of me and decks me right in the face. <laughs> and I'm sorry me. for punching you, man. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No, I like I needed that because ever since I've been just been like practicing things i never really would have practiced yeah it's true um when i first um so like in los angeles i had a great master and he's a buddhist monk and he's had many training in different types of martial arts and with his students i was training to get my black belt and when i did the the sparring session actually it was not really spar it's a full fight we did have the gear and everything but you re- you really never know what it's like to get punched in the face until you do. Like at first, like you know, once you learn all. Yep. All right, we just had some technical difficulties randomly. I'm just eating my pizza. Kean's talking, and my screen just went like black. He kicked me out of the meeting. But uh, <laughs> we're back. I'll edit it and make sure it, lo- it sounds all nice. I can't remember exactly what we were talking about. I know we were talking about like sparring and stuff. Oh but- yeah, so um, I was talking about my. My master were doing martial arts. Yes. yes. But I was saying getting punched in the first time in the face is very important. Uh-huh. <laughs> never, never, even if you go to these karate classes, I kid you not. If if you're one of those people who go out there and just start gallivanting because you know a couple of jabs here or two, if you haven't been punched in the face, it's I mean I didn't I didn't bleed, thank God, but it was terrible. Like there's a little bit of a bruise, but yeah, bro. You. Yeah. Uh, it's just a shock. It's it's not because if it it's not because it hurts. Yeah. It's just the shock that someone punched you in the face because you don't expect that from someone, right? Mm-mm. And you learn a little bit more than what you, more than the actual class. It's and Aiden crazy. had that first experience that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't even have to be hard. It's just you get pissed off. You get you get very egotistical when when you start sparring but when you get punched like all that pride is gone and you kind of forget everything and it's yeah, terrible i was like i was like all right i'm gonna try and punch you and i just went in you backed up and boom just right in the face but like you did something with my arm too you like blocked it and just yeah i counterattacked. yeah i did but you know you learn you live and you learn mm-hmm so, and that's why some people could never learn martial arts through online or or boxing. You know, you, you really need to have that training partner, yeah. too, so you understand the applications. Once, like, we're able to actually start sparring again, we'll, able to, we'll be able to tell more stories. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right now, if you guys are wondering why I'm not, I'm still not doing this training session with Aiden, um, it's just because... I have some strict um, things I have to follow because my parents, they're a high risk and I have to make sure that I don't go around and all that. So 
you know, until everything dissolves, we can get back to the whole training session and yep. get back to sparring. But, uh, but yeah, that's Aiden's first um, training session, first <laughs> boxing session too, right? Pretty much, yeah. I've only ever punched the bag. Punching the bag, the bag. Do, the bag doesn't hit back. But you do the speed. You do the speed bag very well for someone who hasn't been trained. Um, you do pretty well. I mean, not that I think the speed bag has a lot of. I mean, I guess there's some reflux to it, but I don't think it has anything. But it's good to tone your uh, biceps and everything. I think it's a very good way to tone it. Yeah, I have fun with it too. I like to just sometimes just you know speed bag it. It's really loud yeah. though. Oh yeah. I like I like to listen to it like da 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 da, da you know. Yeah, dude. That's so, fine. Tell tell the listeners, tell me like where'd you get this skill? How'd you counterattack my punch and deck me in the face? Where'd you get that? It's from the many trial and error of getting punched and hit back. <laughs> <laughs> where'd you learn though? Like let's go more deeper into that story. So yeah, to go a little bit more deeper, um with my martial arts journey, I've I first started you know, learning uh, Hapkido at one point. I was really small, didn't really know what I was doing, but that was my first uh, encounter with encounter with martial arts. But then later on, towards I think sixth sixth grade or fifth grade or something like that, I um, I go to this Buddhist temple, and the the main Buddhist monk there, he is a martial arts master. He's trained in uh, Japan, Sri Lanka. Uh, he's trained in China. And he's actually a Shaolin monk, and he's a sword master, all of that. And he's learned many different styles of martial arts. And with that, um, he believes that um, you shouldn't you shouldn't really charge for martial arts because it's an it's a skill that every human being should learn. It's for the good of the people. And you know, sometimes um, you know some people don't like seeing Buddhist monks do martial arts uh, because they think it's just not following with the philosophy of Buddhism, but he said it's just for the good of the human body, you know, to keep the body healthy. So he taught me uh, when I was very young, I was his, one of his first um, students, and he taught me, um, my the main martial art I learned was karate, specifically Okinawan, uh, traditional Japanese Okinawan karate, which is called gojuru. And there's many, there's a, there's five other um original uh, karate styles that goes with Goju because they all came out at the same time. But um, this is the same martial art you see in the movie Karate Kid, um, but it's a little bit more in-depth. Like Karate Kid just went with the ice uh, tip of the iceberg, but you know sure, he taught me all of that. Yeah, so I learned that, and through that, we just learned like different sparring. Um, there's many different blocks. So you have... Um, you have like the upper, the middle, and the lower. So in Japanese, is jodan, chudan, gedan. And within those three sections, you learn how to block with different types of blocks. Um, and even though the blocks, you know, to some people who are very new to karate or any martial art of that style, they may think it's a little bit stupid because you, you don't really see the application. You, you don't think it's very realistic in a street fight. But um, sometimes when you practice like that, it just kind of gets into your instinct. You know, sometimes like uh, when you're fighting someone, you don't 
you're not supposed to think about what block you're going to use. When someone goes in, it should be like a, um, it should really be like an instinct, like a natural instinct. And when you practice like that for so many years, just practicing the same movement, when you're in an actual fight or just sparring, it just, it just comes out, you know. I guess that's how I was able to kind of um, block all of your your, sh- your shots and everything, you know. And you do have to do it with a with a partner, right? You can't just um, learn this at home, kind of a thing. So that's kind of my martial arts journey with that. But other than that, um, through that, you know, while I was learning karate, he also taught me things from his Shaolin kung fu training, and um, he does Aikido. So that's another Japanese martial art, and um, taught me bunkai. Um, and things like that of that sort. And I also had friends who who know Taekwondo, uh, Western boxing, um, Judo. So, you know, sometimes I trained with them and learned from them and they taught me those types of things. So I kind of, now now I'm on like my own self-study with uh, a martial art called Wing Chun. It's a Chinese martial art. And karate actually originated from that martial art. It's very easy to understand for me, because uh, I've learned the same applications, but it's a little bit different. And it's also the same uh, martial art uh, Bruce Lee does, um, the one he practices. Yeah. So, 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 so far I've been practicing that type of martial art. And every day I'm just trying to um, progress my, uh, my endurance, my reflex uh, speed and all that. You know, so it's, I'm not the best, but, you know, I'm still learning. All about improvement, bro, every day. Exactly. And I was very surprised because you're a beginner. Um, your your punches were straight. It's not like it was – your coordination was good. You know, for most other beginners I've seen, um, it's just completely not even hitting the person. <laughs> like, where were you punching, man? Like, yeah. it's like behind me. I don't know but you did very you. well. I may have got like one gut shot in, but maybe. I can't even remember. All I remember – is when we went to like spar for like the third time or maybe the fourth time. Uh, it was when you slipped because the floor was too slow. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, so terrified. here's the thing. Let's tell them this. So I was absolutely terrified. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, I was just like, okay, first round, let's just do boxing, and then I said, hey, let me use my feet, and you're like, what do you mean feet? Like, like you know, kicks and sweeps and all that. He's like, oh, and you know, as a martial artist, I'm used to training without shoes because you build your ankle strength and you get used to the ground. You know, you learn how to feel for the ground. Apparently, um, Aiden's garage was super slippery. The concrete was slippery and it kind of had like a sandy feel. So when I went in for a kick, I slipped (laughs) and Aiden's like, I won. (laughs) Karma. (laughs) Karma right there. I'll take it as a sign from the universe that that kick was about to knock me out of my like body, bro. That's why I'll take it. So the, it was like, all right, let's make him slip so he doesn't kill. It doesn't kill him. <laughs> that's what. That's nah, what man, that's being too humble right there. <laughs> it's nah, all man. good though. So, tell me about like some of the real like intense fights that you've been in before. Um, I'll say I I never really did any school fights because. I mean, really, when you're in training, you always know to never fight, especially someone who's not experienced. First I meant of all, like, like, like training fights, you know what I mean? Training fights. Okay. Yeah. Like, I was, yeah. Yeah. I was getting to that. Um, oh, okay, one thing okay, I sorry, do want to, 
one thing I do want to tell people, even if you are experienced, you know, as a martial artist, you never use those weapons against someone who's, unless you're in a real life threatening situation. And second of all, you can get your belt stripped if you ever did beat someone up. So if you're all thinking like the Karate Kid series, that's not how it works. But, um, but for training wise, um, really it's mostly been, I know this other two guys, um, they're also black belts. They're second, third degree black belts and they've kicked my ass many times. My worst um, fight was when I had the two black belts and my sensei all fight at three, three at once. And you know who lost the fight? Me, obviously, but um, it was Did like, you get, like interesting. Destroyed? Yeah, I because when you fight like like that for the first time, it's just um, like you know, I was like crying, you know, because I am um, because my ego has been crippled, and because all my all that pride of okay, I can punch and all that, but. I just got beaten up by three people. And but it was an interesting experience, um, a lot to learn from. I haven't fought since because I moved here to Texas, but um, I guess I would be looking forward to more of those sparring opportunities, you know. But for training at that time, it was extremely rigid. It's crazy, bro. And once, like, <clears throat> once it's safe... And you're able to come over, like, let's let's run it up. Like, I'm ready to get punched more and more. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> crumble, yeah, man. Crumble this ego that I have. Crumble this – because my right hook's getting kind of strong. I, I still need that too, you know. I haven't fought in, like, three years. And now I'm kind of getting back into it because I'm not in high school anymore. I have more time. Not more time. I guess I would say I have more – flexibility of how I can change my yep. schedule. But even that for anyone who's trying to learn boxing, remember any martial art is good. Um, it's not good as it is. I encourage you to learn different martial arts. There's always going to have, each martial art is going to have their own um, defects. Um, you know, something about that martial art may have some personal struggles because they are lacking a few moves. But other than that, um, always stay open-minded. And if you ever go to these, um, there's these dojos. I do want to warn people about this fake dojos, Mick dojos. We call them Mick dojos, like McDonald's, Mick dojos. <laughs> Please don't fall for them because they charge a lot of money. They make up these colors on the belts. You know how they have these kids, you know, learning the, the way of the eagle or some BS like that. <laughs> if you ever see any of those things or anything that says traditional, now I say traditional so you guys understand where it originated from, but anything that says American Kenpo, this and that, please, yeah. I beg you, run away because they will eat all your money. Anyone who teaches you about energy, chi, fighting with energy balls or anything like that, please. you Because the problem is with these idiots, what's what they're doing is – First, it's not good because they're just tricking people. Number two, people actually think that's something that they can use to use for self-defense. And once they find out that they're in a situation where they can't defend themselves because those techniques that those fake senseis taught don't work, they're in big trouble, you know. So um, anyone learning martial arts, just do your research and um, also stay open-minded to many different martial arts. Don't stick to one. I heard many people, oh, boxing's the best. Boxing's the best. It's the only way. Oh, do you see Mike Tyson? Like he can punch one guy and 
one shot. But for you, you really can't. You had to learn a few other things on the side. Yeah, man. I've been um, the way I've been working on it lately is uh, knuckle strength. A lot of the That's time, right. now. knuckle strength, and then um, oh my gosh, stretching like uh, hip stretching. I've been making sure my hips. It's getting better. It's still pretty bad, but I'm doing a lot of hip stretches. That's good. Um, I'm glad that you follow the protocols that you've yeah, learned bro. so far. And then um, also on the on the bag, remember how I was telling you whenever I'd punch it without gloves, I would bleed? Yeah. Now I can punch it as hard as I want. and No bleeding, right? No bleeding. No bleeding. Exactly. For any people out there, I'm not calling you an idiot, but like if you really keep doing it, you are an idiot. Um, I know a lot of people who practice on the on the bag and they have gloves and they punch so hard to the point where they're bleeding that's not the idea of conditioning if you want to strengthen your knuckles or any part of the body you need to do it by over time and this is how you see these shaolin monks they learn how to hit a brick with their head you know break uh, an iron bar with their legs because not because they immediately kill themselves on the first day they uh, day by day, they slowly um, increase intensity. It's like this. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's like this. When you were a baby, when you were walking, your feet were very soft, wasn't it, Aiden, right? It was very soft. It was very delicate, yeah. very soft. But then now when you look at your feet, like let's say you're like 50 years old, so your feet are like stone. And why is that? Because um, over time, the feet have been able to generate uh, a toughness, a, a hard and it started to rebuild itself. So um, while you walk, it can support the weight that you have, you've gained or anything like that. And that's how it works when it comes to your fists. When you train, so what Aiden is doing here, um, sometimes he'll probably, not he will punch the, the wall or anything like that, but he'll slowly go at it. Maybe he'll punch the concrete, just tapping his knuckles. And then later on, he's able to actually punch the concrete very well yep. without breaking any bones because also what happens to your bones it it makes minor cracks into the bone so then over time it actually heals itself over again and the bone gets stronger you know and that's why you see anyone who does muay thai their legs are like a baseball bat and they have 220 miles uh, per hour of force it's crazy it's crazy uh they can they can kick a metal pole and it it will bend and they've been doing it for many years. There's some old, there's like this 80 year old Japanese martial artist masters. They've been practicing it for like their entire life. And what they do, they, um, they condition, they, they have like their hand, like an open hand and they can literally pierce through a watermelon or a coconut, like wow. with their finger without, without using two, like they can get their, their pinky and pierce it through a coconut or a, or a watermelon. Imagine if it was your stomach, right? Because they've been training um, on sand, and then they brought it up to pebbles and rocks, and now they can do those types of things. Now, that's not the main goal of, like, nobody has time for that, obviously. But if you're trying to box or anything like that, conditioning your hands is not where you start bleeding. You should work at it over time. Yeah, dude. And the, uh, you know how I used to punch weird, like not yeah. correctly. I punch like my. If you see, it's how oh I punch yeah. Me. It look it's like so much better. Like all this practice, on the I'll, I'll either punch the bag for form, like when it comes to like my fists, and then right. I'll and then I'll on the side of my garage do this or on the fridge, 
just all right strengthen my or like when i'm driving sometimes i'll just do it on my steering wheel and you know for me that's just the tip of the iceberg what i have for some reason my thing got a little bit rusty because of the weather but i have you know those flags uh that has like the home depot flag and um you put it for like construction sites you know those little markers that you put so i removed all the flags and i have like all this metal rod and i have it tied up so in in china what my master used he has like a specific like a like a steel and a wooden version where um it's like this pack of sticks and you basically hit it around the body uh you condition the bones so your chest the chest bone uh neck uh, elbows legs and you're just hitting you're just hitting every day um every morning just practicing so when you punch or when you're blocking and all that whatever you're blocking or punching um it does not uh break or it does not hurt you don't get bruised because you condition them and that also goes for the wrist and all that so i mean later on you know you can start doing that at some point um i do that here and then for now i haven't been able to do it but you know yeah, anytime you start training just start doing that once we once we start going again too, I remember is is that what you were telling me about where sometimes you have like your dad or your sister just like um like strengthen all your like bones like just by like kind of tapping you with like the metal is that what you're like referring to yes yes it, it's like a it's like a type of metal i mean it is steel and it still hurts if you if you do it too hard if you're not used to it but yeah sometimes um they'll go around the back or you know around the legs actually in japan they have a certain so there's this thing called katas it's basically forms it's like a set of forms and there's different there's like 20 of them and one of the very last ones for like the black belts um there's like this kata where they have you shirtless and basically the master comes and you do this breathing exercise and they basically whack you really hard to the point like you know if you're very advanced level they'll probably have like a huge bow staff and if they can hit it against your back the bow staff should be able to break you know that type of level i haven't gotten to that because i never attempted to do that but um, for me on a very low level, I've been able to have hands where the master will slap the back and, you know, around the body to, you know, the idea is to be able to show that with lung, um, with breathing training, you're able to increase your energy and, um, more likely increase your, your strength around your body, you know? So yeah, that's the training I've, I've done, you know, a few years ago, but other than that, I haven't got to it got into it in a long time but but for you as a beginner if you're if you're trying to do what Aiden's doing again don't do it where you like poke your fingers or anything like that like start slowly like even tapping if if tapping the table like knocking your like if you knock the door and if you already start like if your finger your knuckles start hurting already that's a place to start just start knocking the door things like that that's ways to kind of condition well, it's, it's, it's so crazy because I used to like, I don't even really wear gloves anymore. Like I used to just, mm-hmm. I would, I would just beat up the bag like with gloves or without gloves back in the day, as hard as I could with no thought of how my fists looked, anything like that. And it, it would just be cuts down my hand, bleeding, scabs, stuff like that. And now just with like patience, just like, just like, like I'm going to knock my mic, like just doing that. Like it's, <laughs> it's so it's just crazy the small little things how much it could help because now 
Let's say now do, you can do it without the gloves yeah. and everything, right? Let's say I get in trouble. Like, let's say I get in some trouble. Like, someone pushes me over. I have to defend myself. Like, I have a stronger fist now, just in case I have to protect someone or protect myself. Like, I'm building that strength so that brings comfort to me. I'm not going to seek someone, but if I'm in trouble, I know that I'm building that strength in my hands, you know? You're right. And, you know, the thing is, um, everyone has that the, the billion-dollar question, how, how does Mike Tyson have iron fist? It's always because he works out. It's not just that. Yeah, he can put a lot of force, but he can break his fist. The guy conditions, yeah. maybe in a different way, but he, he does it without gloves for sure. Like he can, he conditions it day by day. He doesn't have bloody knuckles. You'll never find a professional boxer doing that because it just doesn't help. No, it damages um, your hand. And yeah, you're not healing anything. You're not improving. You're just actually demotivating yourself at the same time. You just probably won't last very long, you know. But that's one way to go about it. Um, but other than that, um, boxing, uh, I really like because you engage a lot of muscle because the way you're standing, your stance, you gain a lot of oh yeah um, skeletal muscle. But also if you're doing Taekwondo, you also do a lot, you have a lot of balancing um, to learn, which is also good. So if you learn, you know, Taekwondo boxing at the same time, that's a great way to, that, that's how you learn kickboxing. Everybody tries to go to those, um, you know, you know how they have MMA classes and everything. Like I get yeah. it. That's great and all, but you should really learn from the actual roots and kind of build on top of that, you know, just get it straight from the source. I don't know. That's my opinion. You know, some people say, oh, I, I'm part of this MMA class. I'm like, yeah, but you're only really learning a very few things. But if you go to like the roots of the actual martial arts and then you learn many martial arts that are, that are also the roots, it's like a puzzle. You like, you kind of connect it. And it's also fun. You know, you don't ever get a puzzle and you don't touch it because yeah. it's already formed. If you kind of get the puzzle pieces and you kind of connect them, you kind of figure out. Oh, which works for me? Which one doesn't work for me? You know. Well, and, you mentioned. Um, um, oh, what were you gonna say? Go ahead. No, no, no. Go on. Go on. Go on. Well, you mentioned stance, and uh, I want to bring that up a little bit more because that's another thing that you taught me in our beginner lesson. Like I, I switch feet now. Like just like, like just like I switch like my hands and stuff. Like my feet are a lot more in motion. I'm a lot more on my toes. And like my hips are moving more. It's so like what you teach, like people like listen to Kian because like it's working. It's like I'm rocking that bag. No, I'm not. I'm not saying like I'm not an entire expert on this. Obviously, I mean, if I would, that would be very cocky and that'd be very stupid. But um, I would just say this is just my personal experience. Um, and I'm not I'm not a heavyweight champion or anything like that. But this is just <laughs> basic knowledge a martial artist would learn over time these are the mistakes I've encountered and kind of learned over time. So yeah, learning these uh, techniques, again, boxing's not bad. It's not the best self-defense because you don't know how to use your legs. If you're learning kickboxing, you're only limited to so much. You don't learn how to block. You do learn how to knee someone or kick someone. But other than that, you kind of lose some of that, um, uh, the reflex skill. And that's where uh, Chinese martial arts or, uh, or karate is also a place where you can learn. And Taekwondo helps you a lot with balancing because you learn many different types of kicks, right? And then throughout this process, if you're ever learning um, these many martial arts, you also kind of point out which one doesn't actually work 
in a self-defense. Um, there's two sides within martial arts. One is the artistic side of it. So like if you like to do martial arts because you like the the art of fighting or combat, it's not about self-defense. That's good. You know, you kind of learn you techniques and you learn how, how to use different parts of your body. Um, but if you're specifically learning for self-defense or just trying to become a better fighter or anything like that, that's where you kind of need to learn how to uh, be open-minded and learn different uh, martial arts. And here's the thing. Martial arts is not just about practicing punching and kicking and all that. There's a lot to go with it. Like, And I haven't been able to um, reach my best. And that's why I'm trying to start this workout thing. You need to learn. It's not just about muscle building. When it comes to muscle building, you also need to learn how to form the uh, – while building muscle, you need to learn how to punch with that much power. So like sometimes I would have a dumbbell or, or I have a cable machine. So I would use, I would use the cable machine. I would punch in the same direction with, with weight on me. So I, so I feel uh, resistance. Some people have a body vest or something like that. Yeah. Um, in, in Asian countries, they use like sandbags and things like that. And they have all this weight on them so they can punch. And while they're tired, so then once they remove it, they kind of feel a little bit lighter. This body weight training. Um, and I think if you're trying to be like a really good fighter, it's all about endurance. And endurance, not just skipping the rope, because boxers skip with the rope, but um, shadow boxing, you know, um, countering in speeds. Uh, in bro- in broken rhythm, so you know you go fast and then you go slow, then you go fast. That's more complicated than just um, keeping up with a uh, a speed. You know when you're like like let's say for to train for endurance training, uh, it's not just best to just keep jump roping for as long as you can. But if you can jump really fast for like a short interval and then you relax while jumping and then you do it really fast again. That's called like I don't know I don't know the word for it, but it's called interval. That's training, a problem, right? Yeah, like the interval training is not like you take a break. It's you're still moving. Like let's say sprinting. Sprinting is a great way to put it. Sprinting is a good um, short interval training for endurance because that way, if you're in a fight, you kind of learn how to exert a lot of energy in a split second, but also save while you're still running. Yeah, kind of. So there's many different aspects. Heart rate? Yeah, it doesn't have to do with your heart rate, like getting your heart rate to be at a stable level. Like you sprint and then you go slower and jog to get your heart rate to go back down and then you sprint again and then you jog. That's how we did it in cross country. So it, very interestingly, that's completely the opposite. Sometimes you want to learn when you're fighting. Here's a problem. Like sometimes if you're in a street fight, not that I've ever been one and I hope I would never ever have to, but um, in a street fight, you never know how long the fight is going to last. Sometimes it could last very quickly. Sometimes it could last very long. And within that fight, you need to learn how to store a lot of energy. And it's not like endurance training because when you're punching and kicking, you're exerting a lot of energy. It's not like when you're running. Like you don't punch and kick while you're running. You're keeping a constant speed, which then you kind of get your heart used to. But your heart needs to be able to learn how to calm down very quickly. Uh, So you kind of save that energy for uh, other types of hits. And one thing I did learn in my training for sparring, like, um, there's this, uh, move in, in, in karate where you have to jump. So like sometimes when you're, when you're jumping, 
uh, while you're fighting, the the opponent can't tell when you're going to punch. It's kind of like a little, it's a it's an illusion, optical illusion. But problem with that is that you're exerting your energy so much that once you punch, you kind of lost all that energy. And that's how I lost a lot of fights. I I lost all my energy during the fight just because uh. of jumping. Right now, um, what I've learned from Wing Chun and um, Bruce Lee's Jikundo, you you jump when you really need to, and then you stay still and relax. So when the opponent is ready, when you're ready for combat, when you're ready for offense, then you can start exerting the energy. So with that, if you're trying to train for that, you learn how to. And this is how UFC fighters kind of train, I would say. I mean, maybe different ways, but um, that's the type of training I'm trying to also put on VO2 Max, yeah. you know show people that as well because they don't really show that anywhere like i i've seen uh orange theory fitness group and i saw the um all these other fitness programs and they don't really talk about it you know for athletes i would say the type of training i'm trying to bring out is like athletic training yeah i I like our group because it's so when it comes to like all the different work that we do it's in so many different categories and we're able to like make it all come together and we're able to teach each other new things and, and back, like start to add that to our own routines. Like I never would have started punching my fridge, like not punching it, but like hitting my knuckles against my fridge, you know, if it wasn't for you. So, and as weird as that might sound to someone, it actually helps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I remember I saw your face. You were like, are you crazy? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? I get that face all the time. But then once they, once you actually apply the practice, then you start to see a huge difference. And I'm glad that you're not having bloody knuckles again. Some people still don't listen to me when it comes to that. So I just like, oh, you know, whatever. They're not improving. Take the advice, take it or leave it. But you're like a living example uh, <laughs> that you can you can talk to this guy if you want to he'll tell you um aiden yeah, will real. tell you how he's improved so i'm glad to see that and now i'm only doing the bare minimum of stuff too like i just started practicing kicks yeah yeah and now you got your hips a little bit more i know you as a runner sometimes um you know, some runners I do know, like they kind of forget to kind of stretch everything. Like, yeah, I guess the legs are very important, but you need to learn has to be very flexible. I would say, I remember I told you this um, in the track team. I was one of the most flexible people there. Yeah, yeah, dude, like, you are flexible. Like the way that you're sitting. Yeah, yeah, um, all of that, and I guess it all came from martial arts training. Um, not that I was like a gymnast or anything, but. Uh, we did have to stretch in very different ways, you know, hips and legs and arms, head, everything. And all, and especially in fighting, people don't know balance is very important. Yeah, There were moments where I was fighting, I lost energy. And because I lost energy, I lost balance and I just fell to the floor. Like when I punched, I wasn't attacking with coordination. Everything was gone. Yeah. And that's why on the VO2 Max Club, if you guys are still listening about this, we'll <laughs> also learn about, you know, yoga and uh, meditation. It's very important. Yeah, man. I'm always trying to tell people, you know, how important, not even yoga or meditation, but just let alone how important stretching is. There's people out there yeah. that work out seven days a week and they don't stretch at all. They just go straight into it. And I just don't understand how they're not like walking around like a brick all the time. I think it's very good. Um, 
that people stretch because as you age, you really don't get that ability anymore. And if you do age and you've been stretching your entire life, you're very flexible. Like I know, I I know some people who are like, they're in like their seventies and they can stretch, like they can stretch all their, to their toes, their mobile, everything, no wheelchair, nothing, you know? So it's good for the long term. Yeah, man. My, uh, my great grandparents, they're 80 years old, I think. And they, right. they have like great posture and I, I bet it's because they've stretched and just t- taken care of themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Even if small things count, people don't realize that small can, small things do count. Let's talk about meditation. Cause I know you brought that up too. the importance of just 10 minutes a day. Oh yeah. Meditation. Um, that is a very sketchy. I was not sketchy. It's just, um, people think it's sketchy. They get like scared people think it. it's, they get scared. I understand in the sixties, you know, the hippies brought it and I don't think that story should have been brought to America because people <laughs> have a negative connotation to it. Yeah. But meditation is very good. I actually, I was searching up on Google, like just for fun, like I was looking at meditation and like the daily, um, mail, uh, what is that? I forgot the, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you know, it's like that uh, website, like CNN and whatever. It literally said meditation could destroy you. Like it gave 10 what? reasons how it could like um, give you diabetes. It could give you this cancer. And you can see in the comments, people what? are like, you can see people are like saying, I bet the pharmaceutical companies paid them to write this because this is not true at all. Um, basically, people don't understand meditation is all about giving yourself that time to just sit down and relax and just whether to think or to not think about uh, things, just a clear in mind that that really is all it. And there's many different forms of meditation and there's many different ways of meditation. And the very effective, the most, the number one type of meditation that's been used uh, ever since the beginning of time, beginning of mankind is just breathing meditation just you focus on an area like let's say your nose or whatever you focus on that sensation of air passing through your nasal airways and you just breathe and you're relaxed and you don't think about anything and what's interesting is people think oh i can't it's easy i don't have to think about anything but really once you start it's really very very hard you start like sometimes you like for the first 10 seconds uh, you feel like, oh, I can do this. Then you realize you're talking to yourself. Then you realize yep. about another event about something t- <laughs> talking to you. And then you realize you're actually having a lot of mind chatter. And I don't know who, I have not mastered it. No one can really master it unless you're like, if you've been studying for like, I don't know, 50 years or so. But yeah, but even though you can't get it, sometimes um, there's also like, even though you can't get it through, like you kind of find, you catch yourself talking to yourself it's still a good thing because now you kind of recognize that you caught yourself and over time you kind of improve. So there were times when I first started um, and my, my family is more of a Buddhist culture. So meditation has been in me for a long time. Um, not that I knew how to do it when I was very young, but it, it was there. But I really encourage people to just take even five minutes I remember the time when I just couldn't, when I actually figured out how to do meditation, I couldn't sit there for like three minutes 
But over time, you know, five, ten minutes, and especially going to a Buddhist temple, they get you to sit there for like an hour just <laughs> sitting, yeah, right? So now I'm kind of able to kind of do a full meditation session mm-hmm. for about 30 minutes, and that's it. And then still uh, continuing with my practice. And I kind of do it as much as I can, maybe once a day. My father, he does yoga and everything, you know. That's good. So he's, uh, he's more clear than me. But um, <laughs> uh, other than that... Um, Really, for anyone out there, it's there's a lot of mental benefits. There's a lot of psychological benefits. Not that it's going to solve all of your problems, because really, if it did, then the world would be saved. But it's it's a tool. It's like it's a place for you to just kind of reset, rethink. Uh, even though, um, like I said, it's not going to solve all of your problems, but it's there for you to, rather than resorting to a medication or anything like that. And sometimes people... Um, they don't see an immediate result like at the moment when they're meditating. It's not like a drug where um, all of a sudden you're on a high or something. But when over time when you meditate, you kind of find yourself being able to handle problems a little bit better than you used to. Yeah, and it may be a different experience for everyone else. I know for sure that I've been able to kind of – I actually, you know, since I do a lot of artistic work, like, you know, filmmaking or things like that, I, I start, so even though I get mind chatter, what's so weird is that I still like been able to write more ideas on things that I'm working on. And that's been like a brainstorming session for me, even though it's not supposed to be like that, it just happens. And there's still a benefit because I'm in a relaxed state. I'm thinking, and I'm able to kind of brainstorm what I want to do for the rest of the day. So, and now, now that Hayden's been able to help me out with my you know, just kind of forming a, a schedule for me. Um, I've been able to do it every morning, mostly. That's good. Yeah, that's been good, able man. to get 30 minutes in and then do another 30 minutes at night. So basically awesome. an hour a day. Uh, sometimes uh, if I can't go on, then it would be reading something or something like that. But other than that, uh, I wonder how your meditation journey has been, Aiden. It, so you know how like there's words like, ADHD, depression, anxiety, ADD, like all those words or um, dyslexia, stuff like that. Yeah. And some people are like, you know, if you have that or not, or if you're diagnosed or not diagnosed, self-diagnosis, like all that, there's so much crap that goes on with words like that. I'm a really antsy person. I worry a lot. I think about everything all at once. I can get really sad sometimes. And when I started meditating, all of that went away. Like, like, like not fully, but it started to just dim down to a point where I didn't let it control my mind anymore. And people right. are going to think it's like some witchcraft shit, but all I do is close my eyes, sit up. I have to have my legs sit out because I can't even sit crisscross applesauce because my hips are so like, they're not Don't worry, you'll get there. You'll yeah, get, I'll there. get there. It's a work in progress, you know, 1% each day. But when I started, like the first time I ever meditated, I just remember opening my eyes and just like, just feeling like the gravity just pushing me into the floor. I was just like, because I laid down afterwards and opened my eyes and I just felt super relaxed. Like for the first time for 10 minutes, I didn't think about anything. So then I started to increase the time uh, and increase my focus on breathing. So I focus on mm-hmm. breathing a lot. So I go, you know, into the nose, out through the mouth mm-hmm. and, or I'll just go, nose breathing and i'll count the breaths i'll go one two three 
or just in my mind. I, I don't say it out loud. That's the only thing I'll focus on because it's difficult for me to find that that zero percent thought process, just like anyone. Right. You realize how that you're really not alone when you have yeah, that much bro. mind chatter. <laughs> it's crazy how like I, I this is going to be like a metaphor, I guess, or like I don't I, I don't know English terms, but it's crazy how many people are in my head. Like, you know what I mean? Like crazy how many thoughts yeah. and memories and experiences and I'll be meditating and it's like, hey, remember that embarrassing thing you did in 2015? Yeah, let's exactly, think about exactly. it right now. <laughs> and then One you just thing gotta, to... Yeah, you go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say this, the last thing I'll say is one thing about meditation is you have to think about it and then let it go. Just think about it and then let it walk away. Like I used exactly. to do instructed meditation. Now I've kind of been doing self-instructed where the lady or the guy would be like, um, now thoughts are going to come and go. Just let them come and let them go. Don't worry about them. Just let them flow through your mind and let your brain do what your brain wants to do. It's going to take time. And I'm still, you know, I still live by that. I felt like that was a great way to learn how to clear my mind during meditation. Exactly. And I think um, if you do want to start, see, for me, I never, I mean, I guess it's different because I've been, it's been in my culture for so long that I never needed the whole instructed meditation. But for someone who's very um, new to this whole idea of meditation, yeah, you can get the Headspace app or some uh you know, app to kind of get you um, started and everything. But over time, I would encourage you to learn how to do it without any um, instruction. Um, I would say, I mean, instruction is not bad at all. Like it really isn't. But learning how to train yourself to figure it out by yourself is also very good. And people, I know there's a lot of people who are very confused like, you know, people say, oh, you have to see Om, you have to have your hands out like this and all that. There are many different methods. And the one yeah. that I explained has been the original method, the very first version of meditation when it was um, discovered by, I mean, meditation has been discovered many years before the Buddha found it. But um, in Buddhism, the, the teacher, the Buddha kind of, um, reached enlightenment through meditation by just sitting underneath a tree and he's just meditated for years and really all the 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 technique he used was just that breathing meditation and through that he's been able to um, be relaxed at all times be able to think clearly with logic right being able to surpass um, human in, intelligence as in for like seeing past problems rather than worry about them kind of a thing yeah and obviously you know not many people will be able to reach that no one does have time for that but you know there are many people in like asia or something like that who's been able to reach that type of level well now there's no worries or anything like that right but you know for 10 minutes a day five minutes a day um and also if, for that type of meditation, if you really want to go hardcore meditation, it is that breathing technique where you're not thinking about anything, but also you're sitting in the lotus position. Now you can search that up on on Google or anything like that. I feel like a lot of people different... know it. Like it's just like having that one leg over the other and then putting the foot over the other side, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's like it's like crisscross applesauce, but it's more flat. Like your le- your yeah. thighs and your legs and your knees are touching the ground, where it's like very spread out, and it's like um. The reason why in in um, in the India and all that they talk about the the aligning of the chakras. There's different chakras, yep. and I know a lot of people watching Naruto get this mixed up. It's not what <laughs> it is. That's not what it is. But 
I just because these anime series doesn't mean it really is what that is. But there's um there's different power levels within um different um energy levels within the body. And when they're all aligned, when you have your legs aligned like that, for some reason it's just been able to kind of increase your ability to be able to meditate well. And at first, uh, as a beginner, you're going to hate it because you start getting pins and needles, your, your, your leg starts to fall asleep. And these are distractions. Uh, sometimes you get sensations where you like, maybe you feel itchy on your arm or on your, somewhere, right? And the idea for the meditation is to be able to ignore those things. You know how like, you like, subconsciously just scratch your face because you just need to or you just need to um, maybe change positions in your legs because you just need to. Well, in meditation, the extreme way that I've been trying to master myself is you're able to accept that those sensations are there, but it, it will pass. And it's hard because sometimes your leg is asleep and you don't like that feeling. But then later on, you just have to remember it'll pass. Just don't move. Just don't move the leg. If you yep. move the leg, you've basically failed the entire meditation and you have to start it again, right? Discipline. Yeah, discipline, but more just accepting the fact that things will pass. And this is also a philosophy that you apply to yourself throughout yeah, daily yeah, life. Yeah. You know, you know how people think, oh, it's the end of my life. Like there's no other choice other than this. Well, again, you need to remember how to remember yourself, um, remind yourself that things will pass, even though the situation may look bad, it'll sh- it shall pass. And this is the philosophy that's been put within the meditation. So any muscle twitches, any um, uh, itchy sensations, a fly, maybe there's a fly on your nose, you just don't touch it, just let it be there. It'll, it will leave you alone, you know. And there are some people out there who's been able to do 24 hours meditation, just sit there 24 hours straight. Crazy, or two man. days, no sleep. And sometimes people also see this. They think um, sometimes meditation reduces your sleep. So sometimes you don't really need to sleep seven hours. You can sleep about five yeah, hours. Dude. That makes sense. And, re- and it's not bad for you. It's actually really good because meditation actually does the extra hours for you. So like some people, yeah. like real extreme meditation practitioners can sleep for four hours. <laughs> four hours and that's all they need. And they're not they're not damaging their body. I mean, scientists looked over their, their uh, biopsy and everything and everything's fine, but um, it really is a meditation. Like they don't need five, seven hours of sleep. They can go four or three hours because they've meditated for two hours a day, you know, kind of a thing. And they, they do not feel sleep at, at all. Yeah. The sleeping part, that's interesting. And I've never heard that, but it's interesting because, when I was meditating, I, I, there was a time where I meditated a lot more than I do now, just because I'm trying to get this schedule down, just like you are. You and I kind of both right. felt like fell off our habits, and we're both getting back on them. But back last year when I meditated, I just never. I like you know, twelve to four thirty, twelve to five every every night, and I was wide awake all day every day. And part of that's passion mm-hmm. for my life. You know, I love what I do. But other than that, like every morning I wake up tired. Um, but when I wasn't meditating a couple of months ago, I was waking up exhausted every morning, you know, and I would get 12 hours of sleep. You're right. Exactly. Um, I, I, I definitely feel where you're coming from. You, you're not alone when that happens. Um, that's happened to me a lot. Um, and I know it's, oops, oh, sorry. No, you're good. let me try it over again. 
mic just went off. But um, <laughs> when you start to practice, again, it's not going to be perfect. You can't do it every day. That'd be ridiculous. No one, it's not ridiculous. It's just if you're mad at yourself for missing a day, it's not too much of a problem. But you start to kind of learn. And there's discipline. But, you know, like for me, I'm living with my family. I had to be considered at some points. Maybe you skip a day or two. But other than yep. that, I kind of get back on the train when it's time to stop. Because sometimes people do um, stop for like two days or so. Then they realize, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. And then they realize it's been three weeks. And they basically completely went off their schedule. So they lost it all. They can lose yeah. it, man. Meditation, five minutes. If you can do five minutes, please do it. Um, you're going to see a big difference. If you're doing half an hour, that's great because I see a big difference as well. Yeah, man. And um, I know we we actually don't have that much time left. We have like just a couple minutes. The last topic right. I wanted to cover was fasting. Because you inspired yes. me to start doing this. That's right. So um, for me, for fasting, it's a long story short. I'm just going to kind of pack this up real quick. But um, fasting is very interesting. I'm not, ex- I'm not an expert. So please, I'm not a medical phys- physician. So do your research and talk yeah. to your doctor. But <laughs> Um, for me, I, my first, uh, that I've encountered fasting was actually when I was pretty young, uh, because I did have like a, like a stomach disorder and I couldn't eat for about like a two weeks or so. It's always been two weeks for some reason. And I've been able to lose a lot of weight. And as a kid, I've been a very chubby kid, you know, and not that I eat junk food. It's just like, I eat very healthy food, but I just, my metabolism is terrible. It's very slow. And once I like fasted for that many, for that many weeks, I've been able to lose like about 50 pounds. Wow. And with that, I can eat as much as I want. And my metabolism is fired up. Right. And it happened to me. I, over time I did start gaining weight cause it didn't work out. But, uh, towards 2018, um, 2000 and December, 2017, I got the flu oh, and man. my stomach disorder also played in onto that. So both at once, I did not eat for two weeks straight and basically wow. missed Christmas and all that. So I basically lost about 50 pounds again, and I was in great shape. Two years at it, um, I could eat anything. And that's when I was very flexible, and I was very li- I was the lightest person in the track team, everything. Um, and I looked at this, and I'm like, okay, do other people actually water fast? This is even healthy. So I, I started looking it up, and there's intermittent fasting. But actually, just trying to find out, um, I forgot the guy's name, this uh, researcher from Japan in Tokyo. Um, he got the Nobel, um, Nobel Prize for um, autophagy, which is a process that the human body undergoes during uh, mom- um, periods of state, mm-hmm. uh, and fasting, periods of fasting. And basically, your body goes through a whole breakdown process where it breaks down all the dead cells in the body. Um, all the fat that you've stored uh, can be used for energy. Now, at, at first, we only thought that only poly, polar bears could do this. Like polar bears could do this because they're in the Arctic. They have they don't have that much food, so whatever fat they store for for the winter and all that, they're able to use. Now we found out that humans actually can do it too, and. We've seen many different results. People have been able to heal cancer, uh, cure cancer, actually, remove it because the body was able to undergo a full autoph- um, autophagy process. People have been able to fast for 40 days, water only, 
right? And yeah, they do have medical institutions, but the doctors don't even give supplements, like no potassium supplements, no sodium supplements. It's just all water. Um, not that I suggest anyone to do it by themselves. They do. They should get um, recommendation. But Aiden, um, I think you're doing like intermittent fasting, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm experimenting right now because I'm not too sure what you know works for me. I'm just trying to figure out through experience, you know, what, what's best for me and what's worked pretty well this week is one meal a day. Uh, right. And that's, uh, I kind of messed up yesterday, but you know, that's how we live and we learn, um, just eating every 16 to 18 hours, pretty much just one meal, wrap it up all my protein, all my calories. And then letting my, cause my family has some weird gut problems, intestines, gallbladder, uh, metabolism, like every, like we have some weird issues, and I've seen all my family members get their gallbladders taken out and have intestine issues. I get stomach aches a lot, and so uh, I was starting to get a lot of stomach aches at work when I would have a big breakfast before work. So now, right. now I'm switching it up um, to the point where if I eat enough food, you know, like between evening and night, you know, and let that settle. Uh, so early. actually for you i would suggest you do not do intermittent fasting now here's the thing yeah, intermittent fasting tell me um problem is is that when you and i've kind of had this problem but i've been able to fix it yeah, over yeah, time yeah. but for someone who has like a gallbladder issue the problem is when you don't eat and your body's used to so basically what happens you have that um that um vial vial yep. fluid coming from your liver and it goes to your gallbladder and what happens is when it's ready to start breaking down some enzymes through your intestines. When it's not there to break anything, it just sits in your gallbladder and then it'll form gallstones. Now, when you have intermittent fasting, if you have short periods of intermittent fasting, that's going to start forming gallstones and you shouldn't do that. But if you still want to fast, you have to do longer periods of fasting. That means more than 40 hours, three days, no food, water, and then you can take a break. Some people do three days a week. And okay. that still works for everybody. And you know what? You can still do um, bone broth during the times where you're not eating. Even though there's calories in there, it's still good for you. A lot of bone broth has a lot of collagen, a lot of enzymes, a lot of amino acids to be able to support your skin health, um, your bone, and your hair. Um, but for some of the gall, um, gallbladder issues, it's not very good. But I would ask you to talk to your doctor about that, and they can look into that. But everyone's different. Some people okay. don't have the issue. I've been doing. I've been able to do the twenty-three to one, so one-hour eating window. Bam, finish everything in one hour, and then just wait for the next day. Okay. Um, so far this week, I haven't been able to. Like, I kind of. I had to stretch it by three hours or four hours because I had some family events. But other than that, sometimes four hours is enough for people. Or um, there's like the sixteen to eight, so you have the eight-hour window. Uh, for me, it doesn't work because my metabolism is very slow, so I have to keep it to the 24 to, uh, 23 to 1. Uh, other than that, I've been able to do the, f- the longest I've ever gone without food was just two weeks. Straight. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you feel great because then you start to realize, I remember when I was sick, when I was feeling better after two weeks, I saw myself in the mirror and I was just like, wow, different person here. Yeah. And you know what was worse? I went back to Los Angeles and people said, Hey, where's all that fat on your face? Huh? Thanks. Thanks. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but even that, now they're starting to find out 
helping cancer, uh, type 2 diabetes. Um, but there's many different cures. So do your research if you're ever thinking about that. No, dude, I actually really like this episode because I don't usually get to talk to someone about mixed martial arts, fasting, meditation, yoga, stretching. And I, that's stuff that I'm actually passionate about that I don't share as much as I should. Because I'm of- glad, man, that we've been able to talk about this. And really, to be honest, I mean, we've been able to go through so many topics. Like each topic has their own episodes. I hope to see you again yeah, yeah, yeah. very soon. It's funny, too, because uh, we didn't have a plan for this. No, we did it. <laughs> we just went into this. I was like, we've been planning one for a couple of weeks and it just keeps falling through. And finally, you know, we're start- I'm, I'm starting to get back on this podcast grind. And I was like, you know, same, what? same Sunday night before our group meeting, we're going to do it. So and then but we got our group meeting in a couple of minutes. So um, that's right. Time, time to sign off this one and go on to that one, man. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners today? Um, I just want to tell everyone, yeah, thank you so much for having me, Aiden. Um, I do have the podcast. It might come back up soon. Awesome. Now, the reason why I stopped, because, again, I had university, so it's very hard to kind of manage the whole schedule. But once I get back to it, I'll have a comeback episode. We have the VO2 Max Club. Aiden will be posting stuff there. I'll be posting stuff there. Many other people will be posting their um, their workouts and how they're progressing list, over time. Uh, list the other people's names, too. Just list the whole team. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. So we have, so we have Edgar Martinez. He's there. We have Haley Moore. She's a golfer. Uh, we have a Tua Moy. He's his surfer, but he's also does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that's also good. We have Jaden Manning. He's from, he's from Dallas too, from Prosper, but he's moved to Florida. But he's that he's very knowledgeable in calisthenics. And then we also have, um, we have you, Aiden. Right, and um, we I have sprinkle in a little people. bit of everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, Aiden, Aiden's an experienced runner, um, athlete within cross country, which I love. Not that I I can do cross country, but for some reason I hate running. But over time, I started to like it for some reason. It's therapeutic. You know? It's therapeutic. It's, it's meditation with effort, is what I like to call it. The only thing I hate about cardio is just the the pumping in your head. I did not. I don't like that. <laughs> like the you feel the veins in your head. Yeah, bro. It, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. a freaky feeling. But hey, I'm I'm happy to have you on the podcast. I'm happy to have you on again. We can definitely break down each topic and and talk it out. But uh, Kian and I got to get to our accountability group meeting. Uh, this is us signing off, and we appreciate you guys listening. Peace out. All right. Thank you.